the voice of the case. Election Watch. Bring your voice to the 2016 local government elections. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. I'm your host Yazid Kamaldin, volunteer presenter on Voice of the Cape Community Radio Station and journalist at the week in August. It feels lekker to be back in the studio. I took a break last week. I was traveling, but now we're back. And yeah, it's election watch as we're gearing up to the municipal election scheduled for August 3rd across the country. Now this evening we tackle a topic that is close to many people's homes and hearts and it's crime. The debate will involve a number of political parties. We have some of them in studio and one online. The topic will be the South Africa Cape Town as South Africa's murder capital. Now you might find this hard to believe, but Joburg, which always gets a bad rap, Joburg is no longer the murder murder capital of South Africa. That title now goes to Slapstad, right? Right here, our city has been named the murder capital of South Africa. The State of Urban Safety in South Africa 2016 report, compiled by SA Cities Network and the University of Cape Town Center for Criminology, shows of the nine metros measured, Cape Town has the highest murder rate, Mangaung has the sick has the highest rate of sexual assault, Shawnee has the highest rate for assaults with intent to do grievous bodily harm. Johannesburg has the highest rate for house robberies. But let's let's just focus on Cape Town, right? So Cape Town's murder rate is 65 per 100,000 people. That might sound like, okay, so what? But no, that's 65 people who have been killed. There's good news, though. Criminologists say the mother city fares better at crime detection because of effective provincial police management. Now, in tonight's discussion, we wade into local government's approach to dealing with crime, and we get responses for other parties as well. Online, we have J.P. Smith from the Democratic Alliance. He's also the mayoral committee member for safety and security. J.P., welcome to Election Watch. Evening, guys. Great stuff. In studio, let's introduce our guests. Please feel free to say your name and your political party. We can start over there. Uh, Good evening. Uh, My name is Bernard Jackson. And I'm from the Coloured Voice. Great stuff. And on this side we have? Uh, we've got Yonela Digo, a provincial spokesperson of the African National Congress. Great stuff. So in this evening's debate on uh, how we'd like to unpack how Cape Town became South Africa's murder capital and what political parties intend to do, because obviously they are the ones that we vote for. They're the ones that we put into power to govern and manage, you know, the various things that, whether it's dealing with crime or health or education. JP, you know, you are the man that we that, that many people see as the face of crime fighting in our in, in, in our city and here in Cape Town because you're very vocal, you're in a position of power to make certain decisions. And yeah, I mean you often are quoted about fighting crime in, in Cape Town. So how did Cape Town manage to have the highest murder rate in the country? Well, I can say luckily that's a, a moniker that, or a badge that won't be long or wasn't long on our chest. The most recently quarterly stats um, that I got to see, because we are now getting the stats on a quarterly basis, thanks to the Community Safety Act, uh, the Provincial Act. And those stats already show that Cape Town is in about fourth position. So one must, uh, uh, either the, the most recent quarterly stats are, are not solid or the last national stats weren't, but uh, there's a significant change in those statistics over that period. But we must um, we must also be honest, our cities have high crime rate and uh, crime rate, and I understand the crime rate and murder rate, in fact, is 51 per 100,000. I'm not sure about the, the stat you're quoting, but even that is extremely high and unacceptable. 
And so we must do everything we can. Now, the problem is that the city is accessible and easy to get hold of and easy to get on the end of a phone, but that doesn't mean we sit with the powers to fix things. So we have this critical problem that we will we desperately want to make a change and we want to try and swing these things around, but the whole criminal justice system sits in the hands of national government. They control the SAPS, who alone have investigative powers. They control the National Prosecuting Authority and the Department of Justice. So for local government, it's left a very small slice of the pie. And technically, what we should be doing is traffic and bylaw enforcement. That's what the Constitution tells us to do. And until I became local member, we didn't even touch the game. We should just wasn't part of the city's mandate, we left that for SAPs. And so we didn't want to stand by and watch more of that happen. And we've done as much as we could, and I think we've actually gone a lot further than national government or SAPs might be comfortable with in terms of the specialised unit and the stabilisation unit and the informant management and the crime intelligence gathering and all the things we're doing. And we can show an improvement for it. If you look at our gang stats from last year to this year, you can see that there is a 19% reduction in that murder rate from last year to this year and the year before that also showed a slight reduction. We're making progress, not like I'd like, but um, control enough of the powers to have a, a massive impact. Okay. So you're saying that it's the it's 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 really now the national government and of course you know national government when we're talking about we're talking about a different political party, we're talking about the African National Congress. Are you saying that the ANC should be doing more in the province to, to, to alleviate um, the crime situation? I don't want to, I'm trying specifically not to politicize crime because I think that it's actually become a bit of a political football and I'm trying to keep this about the people and their lives and what happens to people daily and not play games with us. It's a serious matter for me. I've spent hours and hours, hundreds of hours out on patrol with neighborhood watches and the gang unit and this is, this is hard what's happening to people every day. So, but that said, you know, there's some of it is just a matter of fact. There mm-hmm. are 22,000 South African policemen. They have all the sections of the Criminal Procedures Act. There are 600 Metro Police members. They have only a few sections of the Criminal Procedures Act. So our powers are limited. It's not about politics. It's about just what our powers are and what the Constitution says we should do and what national government's function is. We would like to control SAPs, but we don't. So the people who do control SAPs must take that responsibility and must explain you know, why we are stuck with a 2% conviction rate for gang violence that makes it extremely difficult. You can drive up and down in Hanover Park and Vandenberg as much as you want. But if, if you are not able, once you've arrested the guy and you have to hand him over to the South African police, if you're not able to drive the rest of that conviction process, the fact is that gangster is back on the street in hours or in a day. And the 2% conviction rate means that one in every 50 murders ends up with somebody convicted. So murder is good business because there are no consequences. Mm-hmm. And that makes our job extremely difficult. Yeah. And also the investments we want to make in that community, because while the gang violence is raging, running other projects becomes truly tricky. Yeah. JP, you know, what is, I mean, I need you now to speak in your capacity as a party uh, representative, because this is essentially about informing our listeners about the political uh, parties and their ability to, you know, respond to the situation of crime here in Cape Town and, of course, in the in the various parts of the province as well as the municipal election comes up and we really want to play a role of informing listeners about what the political parties are able to do so in terms of the democratic alliance um is crime has the da um got a strategy does the da you know i mean you're not talking now you know in your role as an appointed mayoral committee member can you please tell us about the political parties 
um, ideas and vision about fighting crime here in or combating crime or <coughs> lessening crime. I mean, we are now the known as the highest. Sorry, the murder capital of South Africa. What is your political party thinking about this and aiming to do? All right, so there are a few things that we're doing, and I'm going to give you a combined provincial local government answer because there are some things which our colleagues in province are doing that we have asked for, but which they have the power to do. And one of those is the watching briefs. So we're making sure that we tackle where these cases are going and why they are not successful so that we can start giving communities answers and we can see why these cases are collapsing so we can stop them from collapsing and make sure that the criminals are kept behind bars. We have um, been working hard on increasing the policing resources available to us. Um, when I took over, we had, what, 1,876 cops. We've increased that to just on 3,000 between traffic law enforcement and Metro Police together. And we've become very creative with this. If you, between the work done by the GDTT, our gang and drug task team, um, that is a, a, a strategy that we embraced. It was part of an election pledge we made in the previous election that we would embark on these specialized units, and we've done just that. So we will continue to invest in those staff numbers and, and keep on driving the, the figures up so that we can do more for our people. And we found creative ways of enhancing those staff numbers as the stabilization units and school resource officers showed, um, and that is an important bit of partnership. We also said we would work with communities. That's a pledge we will continue. The neighborhood watches are an incredibly powerful tool. Where neighborhood watches are well-coordinated and well-resourced, they're making a big dent in crime stats. Mm -hmm. And uh, the research shows, in fact, that criminals will think twice about engaging in crime where there's an active neighborhood watch and will consider that a bigger deterrent than some of the other policing factors around. So we've invested massively in neighborhood watches, and that investment grows in this coming financial year, as does that's in terms of training and equipment and hand radios connected to the Metro Police Control Room, but also the recruitment of policing reserves. National government has been disinvesting in police reserves, and over the next five years, we will push the recruitment of police reserves massively. Because all around the world, reserves play a very large role in driving safe communities, and unfortunately, national government has systematically been disinvesting in them. In the last three years, we've only trained one white male into Kai as a police reserve, and in the meantime, the city has trained over 500 reserves. But we'll continue to do that. So that's the DA's yeah. pledge, that partnership with the community, in the business communities with the special rating areas, the rent-a-cop model, which in itself now puts 380 cops on our streets, and um, the ongoing investment in technology to help us fight these things. The SAPs depend on our CCTV cameras. We've now started the um, spotter uh, technology yeah. in Hanover Park and mm -hmm. Mannenberg, and SAPs are using that this time. And it's already starting to show good um, results in terms of arrests okay. and uh, gun confiscations. Great stuff. So the DA <laughs> believes in partnership with locals and the business community. We're going to go for an ad break, but then we also need to bring in the other political parties and to hear from them as well how they think Cape Town's crime situation can be alleviated. The voice of the case. Election Watch. Bring your voice to the 2016 local government elections. That's right, we are moving closer to the August 3rd municipal election. And of course, it's our role as a community radio station to ensure that our listeners are informed about the steps and procedures leading up to that election and also the political parties who are contesting who want your votes. We have heard before the break from the Democratic Alliance, J.B. Smith, talking about his party's work and efforts to combat crime in the city. We have heard that Cape Town is now known as the murder capital of South Africa. Um, because it has the highest murder rate. JP, are you still with us? 
Yes. Okay, Good great stuff. Awesome. Now we'll hear from the representative from the African National Congress, Yonela Diko. Yonela, yeah, let us hear from you. What's your party's <coughs> plan? You guys used to rule. You had power before in the city when it was the early days of the Mandela government and the Tabumbeki government. And the DA, of course, won the voters' confidence. And then the ANC lost out. But let's talk about the ANC's vision and plan when it comes to combating crime in Cape Town. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Yazid. You know, um, I must just say that uh, having this badge um, of being the murder capital uh, in South Africa, uh, Cape Town, I think if we were probably in the private sector, uh, someone would be fired. You know, we um, crime crime is very consequential. You know, we're talking about loss of lives. Um, anywhere where you've got responsibility of life, whether you're a medical doctor, police, uh, anywhere, you know, we, we, we should take that very serious. Now, listening to J.P. Smith, um, you, you can just hear that he, he has not spent time, at, he doesn't have depth on the issue. Now, first of all, I'll just state it uh, clearly that something as macro as crime and, and research has stated this from, from New York to California. It's unthinkable that something as macro as crime can be moved by one particular issue, which is the police. There is no research that link that. Anyway, something as macro as crime, there is no research that something as big as that can be moved by uh, prosecuting people. There is no research that, that uh, uh, links that. In fact, uh, uh, criminologists people who spend time thinking about crime, they cannot single out any one particular issue that is really responsible for moving something as big as crime. Now, where you have to begin to start, therefore, if you are responsible for this macro issue is why do people want to commit crime? Before you can go into the, the preventive measures, how many police you want to throw in there, you just have to say, can we go to the core as to affect or heal people right at the part of wanting to commit crime. Can we deal with that particular aspect? And I think the, the research, therefore, that is there, it combines a whole lot of elements, including a lead in the air, you know, the, the exposure to metal, metal substances to kids, early childhood development, those kinds of things, as a combined to say that you've got this, that contributes 5%, another 2%, another percent. But the issue of crime is a collective issue based on any research you can find anywhere in the world. In fact, uh, the research that even tells you that even unemployment, you had times during even the Great Depression where unemployment was hitting 40%, but crime was as it was in the 90s when unemployment was mm -hmm. low. So this is why the ANC, when we governed uh, uh, between two, uh, two and two six, we realized that you can't do this alone. Uh, if you've got if you've got a comprehensive and ANC works like that everywhere with these entire ministerial teams because it, there's an appreciation that you're gonna have to to involve everyone when you want to come. Now we had groups called Bambananis. Bambananis, uh, even the word Bambanani, it's coming together, holding hands, because 
when you when you start having people who come into a group of Bambananis with specifics to say that my own son um maybe he he is involved in crime he was pulled either by a particular peer pressure or the father had had left so that you can then isolate and say you know I'm, yes. I'm sorry but I need to to focus in a bit more now yeah you know and I need to ask you something um JP Smith representing the Democratic Alliance this evening told us that his party has made progress mm. in actually uh, fighting crime. No, that's not true. We wouldn't be having a murder capital. Obviously, that's not true. Um, but what I'm trying to highlight is that mm -hmm. the, the Democratic Alliance has no particular plan to fight crime because, first of all, Nyanga and Mitchell's plane are competing uh, on different uh, indices, whether is it uh, murders and rapes, and sometimes it's Mitchell Plain, sometimes it's younger. If you go uh, into into re checking the research, out of even ten areas, you look at top ten areas in Western Cape or in Cape Town that are crime-ridden, you don't find the southern suburbs. It's 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 Mitchell's Plain, it's Nyanga, it's Kailicha. In fact, you can even get a little bit of Belleville, but you don't find these areas that are predominantly affluent are predominantly uh, is, is is that historical or are you trying to get to a point where you're saying it's 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 because maybe the current government in this province and city are putting resources i i, I need what, to, what, to, what i'm to trying to get us, what yeah. i'm trying to get at is that in order to to be moved to really be aggressive on crime you have to think that those people that crime affects them matter so what we're trying to say is the ANC, it's quite clear that the people that crime affects them now, people of, of Kailicha, Western, uh, Mitchell's Plain, they don't matter much to the democratic alliance. How would the ANC do it differently if it had to win the confidence of voters in Cape Town and in this province? Yeah. What would you do? <clears throat> this is why we, we have said as the ANC that uh, in this comprehensive package, for example, is that we will first move aggressively in creating these integrated communities. We, because the, the, the issue of the environment that people are stuck in in, 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 in this place, we need, we need uh, to disaggregate some people. Uh, now, it's important, for example, for example, if you look at uh, um, Kailich, now I must clarify, Smith, that the provincial government constitutionally has the, the, the role to actually direct SAPS, you know, it's not this hands-off approach that they have that, no, it's not us, it's the national government. In fact, provincial government has a constitutional responsibility to actually direct the work of SAPS. So, we need to have a situation where we say, in Mitchell's Plain, uh, one cop is responsible for 100 people. In Kailicha, one cop is responsible for 50 people, which is averagely across uh, the Western Cape. Now, when you still have one cop responsible for 100,000 people, obviously, you, you have a situation of uh, 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 people being overwhelmed. So what we're trying to highlight is that first, as the ANC, we know the comprehensive package that we, we will actually decisively deal with crime. And secondly, it affects uh, uh, ANC specializes, or at least we are, we, we are a government that has our people at our heart such that if it affects people, whatever affects people, we move with greater political will. So I'm saying that uh, if a crime was affecting Constantia, if it was affecting uh, Blobeck Strand, the, the DA would be moved much quicker. For example, if you remember the uh, the issue of uh, Mafe Vuka, uh, Snovue Mafe Vuka, who was raped and murdered in, uh, in Kailicha, um, it took two weeks 
for even the first people to be interviewed, uh, uh, people who had perpetrated or a suspect. But in Tokai, uh, 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 Francesca, uh, uh, who had actually also been murdered, in 24 hours, the, the people who had been appre- apprehended. And, and 21 days later, uh, Helen Zilley responded, trying to explain, actually, that, no, uh, Tokai is different, their communities, being racial about her response. So I'm trying to highlight that uh, we just need, uh, first, a government that understands crime in its comprehensive nature, and secondly, one that has got the political will, or at least one that... Because if your kid was in a particular school where things are happening, you would move quicker because it affects you. Yeah. So if you cared more, you would, you would move mm-hmm. uh, with greater will. Just for a point of clarity, I'd like to briefly bring in J.P. Smith because you also want to go to the colored voice in here from that political party. J.P., um, we have heard now from your Nela that the Western Cape, um, you know, the, the SAPS, the police, we have heard that the Democratic Alliance has the political power to direct and mandate the police here. But you have said earlier that the national government has a... Um, is not fulfilling a policing role, and Yonela is essentially saying, well, you have the political power to, 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 to fulfill that mandate. I mean, am I misunderstanding something, or, or, or can you please clarify where, you know, for, especially for our listener as well, like, I mean, maybe coming back to your point of where you're saying that's the national government, and Yonela saying, well, it's, it's a provincial uh, mandate. No, I think you put your finger directly on it. I mean, uh, you're not misunderstanding anything, um, Mr. Dico is. It's it is 100% the operational command and control of such lies exclusively in national government, as do the rest of the criminal justice system. The only power that um, province has, that MEC Plato has, and DOCS has, the Department of Community Safety, is oversight. And even that oversight function, especially under Lamour, was aggressively blocked. Um, correspondence was not answered, meetings not attended. Dan was extensively frustrated in, in, in acting on that. So issues we raised were absolutely ignored. There are critical issues like SAPS's refusal to give us access to the Morphotouch device, the new Max ID devices. They gave it to JMPD, won't give it to Ketan, even though we offered to pay for it. The um, frustration with not getting our bylaws onto the CAS system. A long list of frustrations I can list you, um, but this is not the place here. We're talking about proactive solutions and not whining about about issues. So, I mean, he's 100% wrong. And the fact that he's willing to say it either means he's very misinformed or he's willing to be very dishonest and err, and both of those are extremely concerning. I mean, he's, he's also, for instance, very dishonest when he says that when he talks about the murder and the rape in Kailicha versus Tokai. Yes, it is absolutely horrible. And yes, it did stink of a, of a racial difference, that one girl got treated in one way and another one with, a much, with, with neglect. And it, it sickened everybody. But he must take complete blame for it, because only he and his party control the South African police. Only the national minister and only the national commissioner have that power. So it is truly shocking, but the shocking truth lies in the hands of the ANC. And they don't take ownership for something. I take ownership for the failures of Metro Police and Traffic and Law Enforcement. But I cannot take ownership for the failures of SAPS. That the ANC must own up for. And the fact that he's unwilling to do it and they try and shift the blame is, is really, is really mm-hmm. disappointed. disappointing. And he's equally dishonest when he talks about the issue of some affluent areas with more cops. Well, yes, that is something we've complained about a lot. Um, we're supposed to have one policeman for every, what, about 340, 380 members of the public? Now, in um, Camps Bay, SAPs have lots of staff. They're well below that figure, so there are many, many fewer members of the public for every cop to look after. But at our 10 worst crime stations in the city, 
they range anywhere from half that figure to, in one case, almost one-tenth that figure, one to three thousand um, at one point recently, with the last stats, we were able to get around staffing numbers. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, I think, I think what we need to... Absolutely mm-hmm. never do. My staff, all the, the big numbers of staff, the stabilization unit, again, and yeah. the MetPet unit, the housing unit, all deployed in poor areas will never be seen by an affluent or leafy suburb. Yeah. JP and Junella and also um, Bernard, I think we are going to speak within... Um, the jurisdiction uh, and JP, you know, when it comes to to um, crime, I think it's also important to remember that you are representing a political party in this evening show. Yonella, you're representing a political party. I, I want to bring across more to our listener the political party stuff and not just, you know, the. We, yeah, yeah, Zika, yeah. I hear you, but mm-hmm. also remember we're having a local government election debate. <laughs> yeah. So we, we, we must debate about what local government can do. Mm-hmm. And this is being misrepresented to imply that we can do what national government yeah, can do. Yeah, that's, that's, that's actually why I'm true. bringing that up. That's why I'm bringing that up because I think we're talking a lot about the provincial police and the gov- national, you know, that relationship. Whereas I think our listener wants to know, well, I'm living here. What will this party that I potentially could vote for do for me? Now, um, we also don't want to focus only on the big political parties, and that's why we brought in the colored voice, Bernard Jackson. Thank you for your patience, you know, for <laughs> basically, yeah. Anyway, we'd love you to also tell us about your party. Tell us when it was formed, why it was formed very briefly, and what you propose to do about crime. Thank you very much. Um, thank you for, for having us here and for, for the invitation. Um, my name is Bernard Jackson. I'm the leader of the Colored Voice. It's a newly formed political party. We've um, started in, in 2015, the beginning of 2015. And we've worked um, uh, all through the, um, through the year th- uh, of 2015 to get the registrations in order. And... Um, so that we can be registered for this election. Can I ask you a quick question? Why yes. did you start, given the fact that there are so many political parties, I mean, why did you guys form something, or a party rather, called The Colored Voice, and why that name? And, um, yeah, thank you for that question. The, 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 the idea with the name Colored Voice is because we feel, as a colored person, that um, the colored people doesn't have a voice especially in government and um, we are that people that's been completely forgotten about and um, we're talking about crime this evening and uh, I don't have the stats in front of me and uh, it, 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 it's, it, it's becoming evident that um, the Cape Town that Cape Town is the murder capital of, the, of South Africa of the world I'm not certain I don't have the stats in front of me and now we're talking about murder. Where does all these murders take place? Because we must remember Cape Town is a big place. It's, it covers a vast area. And myself, being a resident of um, one of the high-risk areas in Cape Town, Lavender Hill in particular, is one of those areas where you have um, gang shootings every day. You have killings every day. Every day people are dying. And uh, so I'm not certain in terms of the stats. What does it say? Where does these murders take place? But what I do know is 
within areas like Lavendale, Mannenberg, Hanover Park, Ottery, Mitchell's Plain, Elsie's River. Those are the areas, and just to name a few, I mean, there's Atlantis, there's uh, Ocean View. Those are the areas that so-called high risk and where um, killings take place on a daily basis, where gangs uh, walk around with better guns than the police. And uh, they shoot. And who do they shoot? Just the other day I was standing in my yard and da- uh, a couple of guys came running down the road with guns blazing. Bernard, I don't think you need stats to talk about crime. Mm. You are living in an area where you are witnessing crime. So let's not focus on stats. When it comes to the colored voice, do you think that your political party has an idea or a solution of what we need to to ensure that our city does, um, you know, like doesn't continue in this fashion of becoming, uh, well, we've become the, we named the highest, we, the murder capital. I mean, what do you think your party can do? Law enforcement needs to be tightened. Okay. SAPS cannot be the only police fraternity to combat crime. In the city of Cape Town, there's others as well. You've got Metro Police, you've got uh, law enforcement, you've got um, uh, traffic services. Now, I understand traffic services, they, they have, their function is, is on the roads, you know, make, making sure that the roads are safe. But there's Metro Police, there's law enforcement. What are they doing? What is, what's the role they are playing? Mm-hmm. Now, I know for a fact that when, when, a few, when there's like seven people died over the weekend in Lavendale, Monday morning there's a roadblock. There's two entrances and exits at Lavendale. Both have got the roadblocks on a Monday morning then. Now, on, at that roadblock they say they're combating crime. And it's law enforcement, metro police and SAPS. So it's a combined effort. And uh, now who are they catching at that roadblock? Do they catch the perpetrators? Or is it just the guy driving down the road? Maybe he doesn't have a, a license or he doesn't have a PDP or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the actual criminal is standing somewhere with a gun in his side and watching them. And nothing is being done about him. Okay. Let me ask you this. So I get that. I get mm. that the, you know, you're saying... Visible policing must be in the area, not just at the entrance and the exit. I get where you're going with that. I'd like to ask you, so you live in the area. Somebody who lives in Lavendale might be listening to you now. Mm-hmm. Tell us about the, and just very briefly because you have to go for a break. Tell us about where you would be contesting, which areas, you know, and are you, for example, contesting in, in, in Lavendale? Are yes. you someone who wants the votes in Lavendale? Yes, definitely. We are, cast, uh, as a political party, um, newly formed. You know, we have many constraints, especially finances. So we only count contesting the city of Cape Town and the Cedarburg municipality. I myself am the candidate for, for the Lavendale Ward, which is Ward 68. I'm the candidate for that ward. And yes, I would want the people of Lavendale and, the, and Steenburg to vote for me. Okay, great. We'll take a break. We'd like to hear from you, though, what you can do in your capacity because you won't suddenly be the person in charge of the police or the metro police because that's way like you need a lot more votes, yeah. you know what I mean? But um, we would like to get to practical solutions that you can offer. The Voice of the case. Election Watch. Bring your voice to the 2016 local government elections. 
If you have been listening to Election Watch, and as you may have noticed um, that we haven't yet taken any feedback from listeners, the lines are now open, though. The number is 021-442-3530. That's 021-442-3530. We also have the SMS line open. That's the number 47913. 47913. You can send us messages or you can call in. If you have questions for political parties represented on the show this (coughs) evening on how they can combat crime in our city. Of course, this is linked to our upcoming August 3rd municipal election. If you want to know more about any of the political parties, you can phone in or send a message. The parties represented this evening is the Democratic Alliance, the African National Congress, and a fairly new party started last year. Well, it's it's a new kid on the block, kind of, calling itself the Coloured Voice. And in studio, we have Bernard Jackson, who is a contesting ward councillor in Lavender Hill. If you are from Lavender Hill, if you have any questions for Bernard, if you know him, actually, also, you can phone in and you can contribute. Bernard, you have a, um, shall I say, almost an advantage. You are living in Lavender Hill. You know the issues. You can talk directly to them. And we would like to know from you what you propose to do about crime in your area if you are, you know, um, voted in as ward councillor. We do know, of course, that ward councillors also get something like 800,000 rand a year that they can use to upgrade their communities. Yeah, Bernard, the mic's yours. Thank you very much. Um, Wow, I'm stunned. 800,000 rand. A year. Yeah. Oh, if if you become a ward councillor, you get, yeah, you oh. get a budget. You get sort of like you know funds that, that can you can use, use to for upgrade. You know, in, in your, Yes, that's correct. That's correct. But I mean, I don't want to make the focus the money now. Money. I mean, the, the idea is we're talking policies, we're talking political party strategies. People might be listening in Lavender and they want to know if you are the guy who can mm. who deserves their vote. I hear what you say, and um, you know it it it. it it's just um, uh, current councillors are always saying there's no money, there's no money, but there's 800,000 rent to upgrade the communities. It's just uh, <coughs> ironic. Um, a ward councillor represents the community. So the ward councillor is supposed to be the voice of the community in council. So essentially a ward councillor is supposed to listen to the people. So there there needs to be constant interaction with the people. So you need to know what it is that the people want, what it is that the people want you to do, what what it is the people want you to address. You can use your own initiative. You can be a conscious person in terms of what needs to be done, but you need to have your ear on the ground and listen to the people and not not, uh, tell the people what you think is best for them. Because people, these people are grown-ups. They know what they want and they know what they need. So I think as a, as a, as a ward councillor, that would be my first priority, to listen to the people, listen what it is that they want, and to have a constant interaction with them. Have regular meetings with the people. Report back meetings. You get a meeting with the people, find out what the people want, and you report back. So that people have an idea of what is going on and nobody's left in the dark. So are you saying that you would listen to people and hear from them what the uh, idea would be on, in, in, in stopping crime? I mean, are you not going to perhaps lead the process? Yes, of course. And that is why I, I would um, the ward councillor would be the community leader. Okay. Great. So, of course, you have to lead the process. 
but uh, it's not a, a one-man show. Okay. You have to involve the community, the broader community, and not only members of your party, and you have to involve the business community as well. Okay, I just want to go to our SMS <coughs> line. We have received a message from the number 7822 saying, Crime starts with people's mindsets. You know, it starts with people's mindsets. And the, co- the listener also says, support the police. Um, the message is a bit all over the place, but those are the two outtakes that I'm taking, right? And then also we have, um, oh, here's another part of the message. It says, when did the law ever sort situations out? It's the people who need to stand up against these radicals with support of the police. So that's definitely a, a sort of a grassroots approach being put forward uh-huh. by this individual, by our listener saying that, you know, it's the people's mindsets that must change and solutions must come from the community, as you say. Now, I really want to bring, after the break, I'd like to bring in JP. We have to go for another ad break. But JP, after the break, I'd like to bring you in and talk about how the Democratic Alliance has worked with communities to combat crime. The Voice of the Cape. JP Smith, are you still with us? Hi, good evening, JP. I'm with you, sir. Yeah, fantastic, great. Look, I mean, I'd, I'd like to, to hear from your party, um, or from yourself rather, um, how the you know, Democratic Alliance has worked with communities. You mentioned earlier, I actually made a note of it, you'd mentioned um, the Neighborhood Watch uh, and, and, and the party has invested in that and intends to do so in future as well. We have heard from one of our listeners and also the Colored Voice representative um, talking about community involvement in coming up with solutions for crime. How have you dealt with communities in, in solving crime? Look, I think that's an extremely valid statement. Um, communities understand, have local intelligence and understand the local issues very well. So there's two levels. There's the the level on which the community influences how we do business, and there's the level on which we empower them to be able to do their business better. And then there's the joint projects. So in terms of the community influencing us, we attend CPF meetings. Um, we have our annual police plan where, um, where you get that kind of input from communities where they tell you what they want. And then we started an initiative in this last year called the Mayor's Urban Regeneration Program, which took over from the violence prevention through urban upgrading, which had made substantial investments in Mitchell's Plain Town Center and also in Kailichan Arara and Kuyasa. That project is being expanded now and will um, see significant budget spent um, in terms of those base plans, those community action plans that have been drawn up for Hanover Park, Mannenberg, and other areas. Um, then... The, in terms of uh, helping the communities help themselves, we have something we call the five-point community policing support program. The budget for that is uh, dramatically increased year on year, and we've seen, you know, the self, there's uh, aforementioned ward allocation budgets. We've seen the councillors make larger and larger investments in in this plan, um, and that includes starts with the recruiting and training of neighbourhood watch members. Uh, we did about 4,000 in the last three years, and we're going to up that substantially into the coming term of office. Um, we uh, also issue large amounts of equipment. So, I mean, in this last year, it was about 2.6, 2.7 million rand. That increases to over 4 million rand in next term, um, per year, in the first year. And then we recruit 
we hand out hand radios, uh, proper hand radios, not the little two-way radios that allows neighbourhood watchers to speak to themselves. That project has gotten a big shot in the arm. Um, and we'll JP, I, I need to ask you... the auxiliary service, which mm-hmm. I mentioned before, and then we've got a big partnership around CCTV. So some very fundamental... Uh, programs that help communities help themselves. Yeah. Look, I need to ask you a difficult question, though. How come Cape Town then has been named the, the murder capital of South Africa if um, there have been all these investments into uh, solving crime along with communities? W- where are we? Where, wh- what are we missing? Well, I think that it comes back to a point I was trying to make before. Let's just assume that those that let, let's assume for the moment you want to work with the last crime stats which are quoted by the Center for Criminology. I told you I've seen the most recent quarterly stats that were issued, and they changed the picture substantially and in the direction that is far more believable by people who experience crime in the different cities. You come to Cape Town and say, so we feel much safer here. Um, but that's, let's leave that beside the point at the moment. Uh, on, in terms of, of the, the resources, I think there is a very substantial problem. The last time we got our hands on reliable resources... <coughs> It was evident that about 65% of all the police stations in Cape Town were substantially under-resourced. And the majority, over 60% of the, uh, the vacancies in the entire South Africa in SAPS were in the Western Cape. So I think we're seeing a scenario where the deployment of national police numbers are bad, and they're particularly bad in these worst stations. So Bernard is right. Um, when he says that crime doesn't happen everywhere, it happens in certain localized areas, and those localized areas have a really tough time of it. But they correspond directly to the levels of underdeployment of such. When you sit in a community meeting and you hear, well, there's one vehicle to patrol this massive area. Now, there are 22,000 such members in the city and 600 metro police. You know, okay. and we have a fraction of the powers. We're not going to take over such job. It's never the intention of national law to allow that. SAPS's job is SAPS's job, and that's crime prevention. We have a different job, and that is traffic and by-law enforcement, but we have stepped up to the plate. Metro police take as much guns and drugs off the streets um, many times as SAPS do, you know, and they're substantially larger, as I've said. And um, the stabilization unit in law enforcement has really stepped up to the plate and performed functions that is never intended for local government. So the city is doing absolutely everything it can and actually has gone way beyond the call of duty. Remember, before I became a member, we didn't spend any money on these issues. This was just considered to be beyond our kin. We didn't touch this and didn't touch gang violence. We didn't deploy uh, staff on this. We didn't have dedicated programs on it. So um, things have changed a lot. But okay. we do the government to properly come to the party and to do their job and make sure those convictions happen. Because your nail is 100% wrong about the convictions. No convictions means no progress because the same gangster street every day. Okay. Um, Yonela, do you want to respond to, to any of that? Um, yes. Do you also want to give insight into why you think we may be, f- where are we, m- what are we missing? You know, what's going on? Look, look, like, uh, let's just be frank, really. I, I think uh, uh, J.P. Smith and his team, they're playing games. First of all, for each and every year over the last eight years, the DA has been spending on average 0.62 on safety and security. Less than one percent for the for each of the last eight years, and you think you take serious the issue of crime? Really, really, I think uh, 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 we just have to be very frank with the Democratic Alliance. Look, two issues. One, 
we need a very a very capacitated safety and security unit within the city of Cape Town. The current one is way in over its head. They do not have capacity. Now, I, I said earlier, you know, when we are faced with an issue at uh, uh, the ANC, uh, if we had this tech, when you are faced with an issue, we have this particular focus of bringing in intergovernmental aspects to deal decisively with the issue. So there is no capacity within the city of Cape Town to actually deal with this issue. Um, and secondly, the city of Cape Town has no ideas. They have run out of ideas. Now, if they were people who take this issue seriously, we're not the first uh, city to have issues with crime. We're not the first country to have uh, issues with crime. Now, where do you, where do you, if you're a person, a student who actually goes out and study and say, I'm serious about solving crime. For example, there's a, a senator in the U.S. who decided that um, they are going to actually have a better exchange of guns with gangsters bring them into a church and give them something valuable they need in exchange of their guns. And it was uh, such a successful program where people came, bring their guns to actually in exchange of things that were closer to their hearts. Ideas that have been significant. So we might have a, a, a trial and error uh, phase where we're saying that we need ideas, some that have been tried in Mexico. In fact, the Mexico, uh, a Mexico research unit affirms what you just said. They released a research actually in January this year where it was saying that Cape Town is the meta capital uh, of the world. So it's not even just South Africa uh, research unit in UCT and everywhere that actually confirm these states. So if you've got international uh, uh, units that actually have this view with South Africa that Cape Town is this meta capital, it goes to say that there is a challenge that look around. Look, look, look what's happening in, in, in uh, uh, Mexico, Cuba. Look what's happening if you are really serious about solving crime because we need a very concentrated uh, uh, effort and we need to put a, a serious budget in solving in the crime. But of course, as I said, that the DA will only do that if it affects the people they care about. Okay. Look, um, I do also want to make sure that we do not ignore our listeners who have been sending in text messages. So let's go to the text line. And, of course, the show on previous weeks when I've been on here, our political party representatives have taken a lot of flack from listeners who are very engaged, of course, via various media. So please note that the feedback is from our listeners. We do not want to, of course, be in a situation where we slander anyone. And we also just want to make the disclaimer that the view expressed in this program are not the views of the voice of the Cape It's management or staff. So going now to what the listeners are saying, 9616 asks, do the colored voice vote do the colored voice care about the black and white lives that are lost in Kailicha and Tukai respectively? And this is from a Tukai resident. Of course, that question comes of, as we have heard from the colored voice saying that their focus is on um, colored people. Of course, we will give him a chance to respond after this. We'll also go now to uh, another message from 7822 saying that... Cape Town is supposed to be a top city, but look at the death and drugs the front on the front pages. And it says also that Cape Town has gone. Okay, wait, then there's another that message is incomplete. Unfortunately, the second part still has to come through. We also have a message from 3208 saying religious leaders play an important role in establishing moral fibers and values. J.B. Smith sounds very unenlightened and robotic. So, of course, we um, 
welcome your feedback. Um, you can phone also on the number 021-442-3530 and send us a message to the number 47913. Bernard, I think that's a very valid question. Um, what does your political party then have to say about, you know, there's a hashtag Black Lives Matter. Do black and white people not matter to your party? Thank you very much for that question. The truth of the matter is, yes, they do matter. They're all human beings. The Colored Voice is a political party for all South Africans. It excludes nobody. Um, and, I, and I think the listener is um, asking that question in relation to a, a murder that took place in the Tukai area some weeks ago. I think lady. the question is asked in relation to the title of your party and what you had said earlier that yeah. you stand for colored people. You yeah. know, I mean, you, you need to clarify for us whether, you know, the, the name is indicative that you care only about colored people. No, the, the, it's not indicative that we only care about colored people. Yeah, it's simply something that is started that has started within colored communities. However, it is, it is something that is open to all South Africans, whether if you qualify for membership in terms of the constitution of the country and to, in terms of the constitution of the party, then you will be accepted as a member. And so nobody is excluded and never will be excluded um, uh, from the party. Okay. JP, do you, does the Democratic Alliance work with religious leaders in any way to combat crime Absolutely. Our mayor has had um, repeated prayer sessions. We consider the faith-based organizations a very valuable partner. Um, we have numerous partnerships with faith-based organizations, and they often form critical parts of neighborhood watches and community structures. They're an explicit part of the Mayor's Urban Regeneration Program and VPUU, uh, where we have discussions. And uh, I think just on the comment about being robotic, you know, stats are not fun. Um, Anybody can appeal to the emotions and rile people, it's, but politics, politicians are generally good for a whole lot of windbag comments with very little substance to it. But informed debate requires facts, so we need a little bit more robotic in discussion around facts and information and a little bit less debate about impressions and gut feelings. And uh, then perhaps we will get further. As to the drug issue, that's one thing we can absolutely hold our heads up high about. Yes, we do see a lot of issues about drug arrests and stuff, but remember that's a police-initiated crime. The fact that our drug arrest rate is so much higher than in other cities is, yes, there are drugs here, but if your police weren't active, if Metro Police weren't making many of those arrests, then that figure would reduce. And that doesn't mean there's more drugs. That just means we're not catching people. And after Zwandile Petros moved to Gauteng, after he'd been provincial commissioner here, he was in a crime in Bezo up there where he said that actually the problem up there was substantially more problematic than in the Western Cape. They just weren't talking about it. So Cape Town has an enlightened community, and we do talk openly and robustly about things, and there is more debate, I think, going on here, and there's a far tougher debate going on here, and it's because we have a vibrant democracy. Yeah, I think it is important that we do stick to the top, uh, the facts, rather, and not get all um, emotional, especially because, you know, in this show we really want to unpack the political party ideologies, and our... Call us 6708, that's, we always read the last four digits of a mobile number that sends a text message so the person knows that we're reading their messages, by the way. So call us 6708 says, what ideas does the ANC have? They already had the Western Cape and they did nothing. Yonela, I think you should respond to this, obviously. Yeah. Um, uh, first of all, I must say that uh, in 
1994, the, the ANC did not win uh, uh, this province um, and this city. Uh, and at that time, we, we had not done anything. We had not governed. We had, uh, so uh, it, it, what it says is that we were judged according to whatever sins we may commit in the future and so on. So um, the issue of us um, having been judged uh, uh, by the sins we may commit in the future, we then, we then uh, started, thanks to Nelson Mandela and other leaders that were there, we took over uh, at some point th through coalitions, of course, took over the city and the province. Now, in the time that we governed, so I, I, what I'm trying to do is to isolate the issue of us having lost uh, the power in the city and the reasons behind it and the question of crime. Uh, so uh, uh, I think we need to split that because our record on crime is is outstanding. Um, there might be the other issues, of course, whether it was internal squabbles in the ANC, whether it was uh, racial elements that are, are really are prevalent in this province, and uh, we can discuss that. I think there is a nice research done by Shirel Africa, who is a professor at UWC, in terms of the voting patterns in the Western Cape. I think it's worth it's worth looking into in terms mm -hmm. of the reasons. Uh, okay, mostly. but yeah. so what I'm trying to ask, on the issue of crime. You know, the ANC, the issue of working with communities, um, uh, street committees, uh, Bamba Nani's, uh, uh, neighborhood, all these neighborhood watches. I think the issue of us having said that, you know, because we, we come from these communities, for example, we live in Philippi, we live in Kailicha. Uh, when I see a kid who's turned 18 and now is in violence, is, is, is doing crime, I know him when he was young. I know when, uh, when he was asked at five, six years old, what did you want to be? I want to be a doctor. I want to be a teacher. I then have to ask myself, what happened within that phase where this kid, innocent, clear-eyed, wanted to have these big dreams and the time when, he, uh, as he turns 18, he becomes this violent person. So we then said that this issue is well understood by family members, by people in the streets, because we've always in these communities where everybody knows everybody in the streets. We know that the, the guy who's at the corner there is a gangster. He's got cars, he's got houses. We don't know how he managed. We know that he doesn't have a solid job. So we then decided the ANC that the people who know what's going on in communities is communities themselves. Okay, I want to come back to the colored voice. Bernard, you live in Lavender Hill. You said you see crime. I've been to Lavender Hill. I know it's stuff out there i've written many stories there do people feel empowered though you know to work with the police because there are so many adverse factors that could even prevent that we have politicians here saying they work with communities they want to work with communities you seem to be a bit more grassroots in the sense that you live there you live amongst i'm sorry to say this but you live amongst criminals it happens in front of you where you see shootings and so on i want to know from you do people feel empowered and willing even to work with the police not at all not at all um the communities have lost faith in the police they don't trust the police and um it it's as if the uh, the communities feel that the police the police is not there for them for what reason they, they, are, they are there, I don't know. I just think that um, uh, both the ANC and the DA had more than enough time to do whatever could have been done to alleviate the problem of crime. Nothing has been done up to date. And I think they could have done a lot more, but they preferred not to do anything. And they've got all these excuses. So um, and I think the, 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 the electorate out there 
should use their vote very wisely, knowing that um, these people had opportunities and never did anything with those opportunities they had. The number one factor that leads to crime is obviously poverty, unemployment. What is being done in terms of unemployment? Look at the jobs that's being created. There's almost, there's almost no jobs being created. The kind of jobs that they do create is um, temporary jobs where they give a person a broom, go and sweep the, the, the street for a month or two. The, the public works department kind of jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You, you go and sweep the street for a month or two and then the contract ends and you sit without a job again. And where does that take you? You can't even plan your life. You can't, you can't even budget because there is nothing to budget on. So decent jobs needs to be created. Long-term jobs needs to be created. People need to be empowered more. If there's not enough jobs for everybody, people need to be empowered in terms of creating their own employment. Um, there was a, a, an internet shop in, in Steenburg. This guy decided to open up an internet shop in Steenburg from his house. You know, in the area of people, uh, the people doesn't have, most of the people don't have access to, to internet except for their phones. And many of people don't have these phones. Okay. So this guy starts an internet shop at his home, but the city of Cape Town comes and tells him, listen, if you want to, to start an internet shop at your house, then you must... Um, do you must uh, uh, rezone your property and um, you must also pay a 25,000 rand fee cash you cannot pay it off you have to pay cash hmm. to the city of Cape Town and the reasons for that is because well the infrastructure the roads is going to take more traffic more uh, cars or trucks is going to come down the road and so forth now I'm saying in this environment where unemployment is rife there's so little opportunities and this person is trying to do something to create a few jobs where he employs a couple of people maybe three or four people and you and you still take you you still uh, sort of cut off his hands by saying you must pay this large amount of money which he can't afford so it's clear that combating crime is also about ensuring that people have jobs and ensuring that we alleviate poverty stay tuned this is election watch we want to hear from you as well you can give us a call on 021 442 or send us an sms to 47913 the voice of the case election watch bring your voice to the 2016 local government elections you know guys i really love our listeners i mean i've asked them for feedback and wow, the SMSs are streaming in. Let's go straight to them. 7822 says, uh, let me just refresh. 7822 says, I'm not an ANC supporter, but this guy speaks the truth of how crime is supposed to be eradicated. Maaf, but that is the truth. No one spoke about how to combat crime from the roots. And it also says, like the ANC guy said, um, Anyway, that gets a bit confusing. And then it says, may God inspire you if what you say is what you stand for. And he also says, don't just talk about crime without a format or a solution. Okay, that's great. Then listener 4738 says, they all just make promises. Listener 7570 says, 
Salam, why is it when drug dealers and murderers get picked up the next day they are out again? What's the use? And our listener 5725 says, Salam, I will only vote for a party that will bring back the death penalty for, whoa, that's quite interesting, the death penalty for drug dealing, murder, rape, armed robbery. And that is from a person called Tadikasim. And then also, listener 8845 says, Dear political parties, in 1994, Mr. Mandela was an icon. And why did the parties not follow in his legacy or footsteps? We had peace, forgiveness, and honesty. How will it be fixed? Then, Here's another one, a listener sending a message to uh, listener 7822 participating quite a lot this evening in the show. Dear the colored voice, is that a joke? Study the colored voice and reflect. Okay, that's interesting. This person is saying you should study why you called yourself the colored voice. Then we also have our listener 6209 saying people should learn to take responsibility for their freedom. And maybe if they took care of the communities, the government could assist them. So that's another caller, listener rather, saying that it starts with communities. Stopping crime starts with people who live in the communities. We have a caller and then we'd like to go to our political parties to respond around issues, you know, on whether or what they think about um, I think maybe let's talk about the death penalty. Why not? You know, we'd like to know whether political parties <coughs> as a policy issue think that the death penalty might be something to stop crime. We also want to know from the political parties whether they are going to the root of the problem. Kula, assalamu alaikum. Welcome to Election Watch. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah, all praise and thanks goes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Give us opportunity to listen and to talk and to put our sixpence in the Election Watch. For 16 years, you know it is now 2016. For 16 years, I'm going to speak about Cape Town because I live in Cape Town. For 16 years, the DA has got Cape Town. I live in the heart of the Cape Flats, Bonteville. And you know, when they started, they fixed up the terminus of Hanover Park, Bonteville, Delft, all these places. They fixed up the terminus. Goggle paving and everything, and ooh, roofs and everything on. But what did they lack in? They took away the security. Obviously, if you build a house, you've got to have somebody living in the house. So these uh, terminuses and places where, where we have to stand for our buses, and it had to, it had to be watched by people. I mean, in the past, if, you like, uh, if they had a terminus, they had somebody looking after the places night and day. And what have happened because of them not ta- what, taking the people away that was supposed to be, that would have been work creation. And they took the people away and then the vandalism just went left, right and center. And right up to today, people know who's the people that is vandalizing and stealing the stuff. They're not doing anything. It is so hot. So you come to the bridge here at the old Vanguard Drive and you must see how the people take off. The fence, uh, the wiring, I mean, it's so dangerous, cars could go over. You come to our park here in Bonteville, three weeks the children was playing in it, and there is a lot of dirt and bricks and things in. What is the ward councillor doing of Bonteville? Mm-hmm. And who does she belong to? She belongs to the city. Okay. I mean, at the, and at the end of the day, I must tell you something. If the ANC had the Western Cape, 
maybe I would say for the first start, at least 24 houses was built. And after that, houses was built in District 6. And then who had to come to the rescue? The ANC once again. At the end of the day, the DA is selling our grounds piece by piece in District 6. When are we going to come back? Never, because we okay. are too poor to come and back to where we belong. At the end of the day, people must must make their minds right. If it comes to the Palestine story, who's the people who stick up? The ANC, who's the people that's not interested? The DA. So please, people, wake up. And I can tell you something I know who I'm going to vote for because I've been one of the struggle fighters. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to Election Watch. You are live on air. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to Election Watch. You are live on air talking to our listeners. Okay. Good evening, everybody. Mm-hmm. I think it's time that all communities and parties stand together and curb crime gangsterism. It is our children, and we want the best for everyone and to put our trust in God. Thank you. Thank you very much, listener. That's great. So, essentially, uh, what I take out from one of our callers is that the environment needs to be upgraded because that plays a role in the criminal activity that happens in communities or areas such as Bonteville. But now I want to come to our uh, some of the questions that have been raised by listeners. Death penalty. Mm-hmm. One listener is saying death penalty should be <coughs> should be um, you know something that could curb uh, crime. JP, what do you think about that? Look, I think the death penalty will make an impact, but your problem is not that you're not putting people to death in South Africa. The problem is that you're not catching them. So back to my issue about the conviction rate. Uh, I'm not sure people understand what, what one means when you say conviction rate. That's that if you look in Hanover Park, 86 murders over three years, of which 51 led to arrests, of which zero led to convictions in those three years. So what I'm saying is that out of all those people who got murdered, nobody got held accountable. Well, that's nobody exactly what one of our listeners was saying. What, J- well, J- precisely. But mm. now that process sits in the hands of national government. Nor the city, nor province controls any other conviction rate. So that's why I said it's important to have the facts and to understand who has the power to do what, so that Yonelo doesn't sit there and blame the city for something he knows his own party is responsible for. So the murder rate, absolutely, it will almost certainly make somebody, some people think twice. But the reality is you first have to catch and convict them, and that's my worry, that you will put the murder rate and people will think the problem will be solved. It will be solved when your detectives have adequate resources, which is something the DA would definitely do. Bring, um, train more detectives, give them better equipment, give them longer training, so that um, not only 15% of your detectives are sitting with proper training. So we can get that conviction right up, so that the bad people who hurt our communities can be put behind bars where they belong and cannot carry on committing the crime day in, day out, which is why you see a criminal that's arrested today back on the streets tomorrow, which is incredibly frustrating for our Metro Police members. Yeah. Yunela, do you have anything to say on this? Um, look, I mean, we're talking now about a a, 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 a sort of a suggestion from a listener you know this listener is saying that he wants to vote for a political party that has or that promotes death penalty and please take into account that this is just the opinion of one person mm. you know mm. i mean we are not saying anyway yeah yeah no 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 look uh, i think uh, this is purely an expression of a frustration nobody wants anyone to be hanged i'm sure the caller the caller would agree uh, we're all looking for preventative measures uh, and that I think we know the history of this country that the death penalty was actually used uh, against innocent people. 
and I think uh, again looking across the world the the rate of people who have found themselves on death row only to be found to be innocent is quite high places like Texas you know there's some people who are still waiting on death row years you know so I think uh, uh, murdering an innocent person and realizing after the person is dead that you actually were wrong, really, uh, I don't think we want okay, to. Okay, so there isn't really a space for that in our no, lexicon, no, in the democratic all. dispensation. Kula, assalamu alaikum, welcome to Election Watch. Kula, you are live on Election Watch. Shukran. Please feel free to make a contribution, you're live on air. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. I just want to say to JP, it is not his responsibility to talk on policing. That is a provincial responsibility with the boss being in the national government. So what he's talking about is probably his metro police policing. And his metro policing are more used to stop the taxis and mm. checking up on taxis. Mm. And that put fear in the commuters who use taxis. Secondly, this DA has created for the business sector. There's an unholy relationship between the provincial and local government and the business sector, whereby they have created what they term CIDB, where the central improvement district uh, business sectors are being policed by security. And as a result, all the crime are now taking place within the townships and so on. We all know it's a social view. But watch after this election, we will, the, the community, the masses will certainly get something done by asking national government to investigate whether the people who are supposed to run the city have created a two-division city, one for a very few wealthy people who has the best parts of Cape Town and they can pay millions of rands, and the masses living in squalor and squatter conditions. I think it's by time that JP and the DA need to wake up because we, enough is enough. It's a social ill which they are creating further and further, and they are perpetuating the crime issue of drugs and prostitution and the, you name it, whatever you may call it, mafia, gangsterism, murders, and whatever the case may be. It's mm -hmm. because they cannot get people together and get the city to be a one-city nation. Okay. And I'm talking Shukran. about a, a, a one-nation, many cultures, and they, have, they, they are refusing to do that. Okay, and Shukran. we can see that the best of the inner city is being done by the wealthy. The security is around the business sector, and the poor residents and masses of people are living in poverty. In Kola, we are, we are really running out of time. Walaikum salam. Walaikum salam. Look, guys, let me just quickly go through our last batch of SMSs and then um, we'll wrap up. And I think the main thing this evening was to ensure that our community has um, sort of years directly from politicians on the political parties, you know, on what their um, respective policies are in terms of fighting crime. So let me just go through the text messages that we have been receiving. Um, and of course, we just to reiterate that these messages are not the views, uh, you know, of the Voice of the Cape, it's management or staff. So, um, listener 6209 says, uh, 
Okay, well, I think I need to screen some of these messages before I read them out. Um, listen, the 3824 says, don't blame the DA. They are reliant on national government for funds. ANC, you only look after your own kind. Colors are ignored, marginalized. ANC of today isn't the ANC of yesteryear. Viva DA, keep the cape. You are doing extremely well. Um, there's a lot of the racial elements that have been coming up this evening, you know, mm. crime being a very... Crime being sort of attached to race very sure. much. That that's <coughs> coming across a lot this evening. Um, and then it says four eight five two for years. JP sing the same political song. It is time he must move on. And then um, this is a response to something that was brought up by the Coloured Voice nine two nine four says. Um, that person is not telling the truth. I opened an internet shop and only paid five percent of what I earned. To the city of Cape Town, and then another caller says, um, basically, in a nutshell, saying that the crime is very different in the crime situation is very different in Camps Bay compared to other areas because of people's mindsets. Now, guys, our time is really running out, and we just need you briefly to talk to our listeners. You know, just about your, um, just in the wrapping up, if you have any closing comments. JP, we'll start with you. All right, well, I was going to say, I'm going to go back to, to, to core issues. We have a track record we've shown over the last few years. We've taken the whole community participation and enablement around neighborhood watches from zero budget to spending meaningful amount of money and meaningful time on training and resourcing, empowering neighborhood watches and recruiting reservists. We took Metro Police from a situation where they didn't touch gangsterism and where we had no stabilization efforts anywhere, where we now have a 120 member stabilization unit that's working in Manenberg and Lavender Hill, where even Oshanda Pascal on air said that it was the efforts of law enforcement that made that community quiet, Manenberg quiet last time. And we'll continue to grow that effort. Gang and drug task team now getting 5,600 drug arrests. Before I came in under the ANC, they were happy with 300. So we've done a lot better there. And we are exceeding our powers. We're pushing way beyond what we are supposed to be doing um, as, a, as a local government and there's a lot of confusion about who's responsible for what and that means that local government gets to blame for all of these issues mm-hmm. but there's a limit to, to what we can do Great stuff. So JP. in terms of unequal un- 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 I heard the previous caller mention about inequality and this is a bugbear I often hear us but the facts are that UN Habitat's research shows that Captain the least unequal cities that PE is London Victoria, Johannesburg are all far more unequal and have much bigger divides between the richest and poorest. So you must understand that um, that they that this um, inequality is a much bigger problem in other cities, and they all have this thing that he refers to: city improvement districts. All the metros employ city improvement districts. Okay. Not just they're a feature of South African business areas everywhere now. JP, thank you very much for your time. Guys, we do not have a lot of time um, and we do need to wrap up soon because our next show needs to go on air. JP, thanks for your time. Let's go to Yonela. Yes, yes. Thanks, thanks, man. I think uh, as the ANC, really, we are decisive that um, when we take over on the 3rd of August, crime is going to be at the top of our agenda. It has to end within the five years that we'll be governing this city. We're going to be uh, aggressive on it. We're going to work uh, with communities. But more than anything, what the city is not doing, we are going to pump 
enough resources to put this to bed in five years. And secondly, that unit, uh, safety and security, is going to be again uh, capacitated to a level that is responsive, is effective, because if we keep singing J.P. Smith's song, we'll be singing it for the next hundred years, piecemeal there, a little bit of another program there and there, and, and the lives will be uh, are, are being lost every day. So I think that's really uh, predominant. Thanks, Janela. Thanks. Um, Colored Voice? Um, thank you. Um, I just think that um, colored people have been marginalized in the apartheid years. And today still colored people are being marginalized. They are the one race that's been completely forgotten. And I mean, I'm part of it. I'm, I'm a colored person myself. Completely forgotten. The gang, gang leaders and drug lords are recruiting more people in terms of employment than government is. So government is doing much too little to help the people, to help colored people out of, the, out of their positions, out of the situations that, that, that they are in. The only way that people can come out of that situation is they must help themselves. And they mustn't rely on, 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 on both the ANC and the DA because they both have proven they failed the people. Great stuff. Well, we'll leave it at that for this evening. I'm back tomorrow night, inshallah, with Election Watch from myself, Yazid Kamaldin. Assalamu alaikum. Enjoy the rest of your evening and, of course, tune in again tomorrow night from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. for Election Watch. We thank all our political parties for joining us this evening and we wish them best for the August 3rd municipal election. Election Watch. Bring your voice to the 2016 local government elections.